Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to episode 158 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. This is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Uh, Jason, I said this last week, I'll say it again. The weather in New York this this week is just another crazy week. We had like 65 one day, and then we had, I think, 21 this morning. This weather is just crazy. I don't know how uh, Rochester's doing, but New York City well, we is crazy. A, we, we had a 100-mile-per-hour windstorm on Jesus. Wednesday and knocked out like 100,000 people like didn't have power. Oh, my God. People still don't have power. Yeah, it's crazy. And now there's going to be a snowstorm. Like, for the whole, like, northeast. Yeah, right? Tuesday we're supposed to get, like, anywhere from, like, 8 to 22 inches. It's, it's yeah. Bonkers. This weather is crazy. And then next Saturday it's supposed to be 50 degrees. So, I, I don't know. It, it's, this weather is crazy. I am myself a little banged up. Um, had the St. Patrick's Day Parade Day, so did that up. So, a little banged up, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight through today. That's good. That's good. Um, let's, you know what, let's, let's start off on a, on a happy note. Uh, in your neck of the woods, uh, I believe it was yesterday, the day before, uh, in Buffalo, New York, Finn Balor made his return after being gone for seven months. Uh, from the video that WWE.com put up, their, you know, their exclusive stuff, it was his, his entrance, his, uh, a couple of moments in the ring with, with Joe, Triple H, and, uh, Kevin Steen, did a couple of, you know, signings and different things with the fans. He looked, you know, he looked good, but I guess my question here is, with only three weeks left until WrestleMania, do you bring this guy back on TV now, or do you wait till the night after WrestleMania when we start things new? Because besides, you know, Samoa Joe and maybe one or two other people, all the man matches are pretty much set, and I think he is bigger then you know the Andre the ba- Andre the uh, Giant Battle Royal. What's your thoughts? I know I'm making a little yeah. off base here, but Finn Balor, do you hold him three weeks till WrestleMania, after WrestleMania, or do you bring him back on Monday? Yeah, I, I do two things. Either you have him have some big pack, a big impact, some surprise appearance at WrestleMania, where I don't know, maybe setting up a feud with someone after WrestleMania, maybe he costs someone a match, something like that, um, or you have him come out the night after WrestleMania. After WrestleMania. One of the two, but don't have them come. WrestleMania is in three weeks. They got enough going on. Um, I, you know, who would an opponent be? How would they set that up? You know, maybe they rush that because they don't have an opponent for Joe. So maybe Finn Balor is the opponent for Joe. I don't know. Um, that's the one thing I guess I could see. Uh, would I be like, you know, hugely disappointed if he made an appearance before, say he wrestled Joe? Because I think that'd be a great match. No, but I prefer to see him come out after. Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. I mean, because yeah, as much as I mean, I think the logical choice is Joe, especially with the six man tags they've been doing on some of these. They've been doing on the house shows over the next week or two with him. But you know what? I just don't see that match right now. Due to the fact that I know that a majority of WWE fans don't watch uh, NXT every week, but those guys had a really solid feud in NXT. I almost want to see them stay away from each other for a little while. And also the other half is that is if you have Joe versus Finn Balor, someone's got to, I mean, someone's got to lose. And right now you're trying to build guys. And I don't think there's any point in Joe losing any, any matches right now. And there's no point in Finn Balor coming back and losing his first match back. No, I agree with the two. Um, you know, they, they, they'd have to figure that out if that's the case. I mean, we're totally speculating here, but hopefully they um, uh, ho- hopefully they don't have that match. I mean, I, I don't want them to do that. I'd rather wait to see what Balor's going to do. But this is the other thing. What is Balor going to be? Do you make him a baby face? Do you make him a heel with Anderson and Gallows and try to give those guys some steam? I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think they do with him when he comes back? Well, he never actually lost the title. So, I mean, you could have him be the first... Uh, the first challenger or have the a couple of barricades to get to uh, Brock Lesnar, which I think most people think will win the title at Mania. You know, he finally gets his because he never lost the title. Yeah. Um, you could I think he comes back as a babyface because I think from what you saw at the Buffalo crowd and a lot of the 
things that he was getting in NXT and when he first came in. He is a pretty over babyface right now. I mean, and from you, and I know it's one crowd with Buffalo, but from him just coming back, he had that reaction of someone that people actually remembered and returning star. So, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see what they do, but I think one of the things that we're missing out here is that I think there is a chance that Seth Rollins may not be 100%, you know, for a full 20 minute match at Mania. And I could, and I know it's a little storyline sense. It may not make perfect sense based on how it left, but I can see them making it not a one-on-one match between Seth and Triple H to protect Seth a little bit. And you have Seth and Balor versus Joe and uh, Triple H at Mania. Uh, I, I don't. I, I think that's a bad idea. I think this match is is a been a personal match. It, it's supposed to be Rollins against Triple H. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw anyone in there. Rollins, Rollins will be fine. He'll be able to wrestle a match long enough. And WrestleMania is a four-hour show, so not every match has to go twenty minutes anyway. So they could put together a 10, 12 minute match and, and be okay. Um, like I said, I'm just leaving options out there in case yeah. you know he's not fully. I mean, the way they're making it sound like this might be almost more of like a street fight type of thing than an actual regular match. So I mean, I can see that. That, and that would that would make a lot more sense. So like I said, I mean, it will be interesting what they do with Balor. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I think that Gallows and Anderson need something. Because, like, I think we said from the minute they came in, they're, they're, you know, Gallows is what he is. Anderson is very good in the ring. But these two guys, at least in their current form, I'm not saying they're followers, but they're better as the muscle in the group, not the actual only things in the group. So, I mean... I see that I could see them bringing Ballard back with them, but I just I think there's a babyface run there that I think they should capitalize right now. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, uh, moving moving on, just a couple of quick notes here. Um, ROH had their uh, 15th anniversary show uh, this past Friday. Bring on has been on fire last couple of weeks, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, you're usually a correspondent when it comes to TV because. Uh, it's a little hard to get Comet or whatever uh, Sinclair they're on right now for me. But um, I think that I would definitely recommend the show this weekend. And we had the, and spoiler alert, we had the big title change with Christopher Daniels after being there on the very first show 15 years ago to winning the title on this show against Adam Cole with the, uh, we thought it was a turn, but it was really a coup against the Bullet Club with Frankie Kazarian. Thought that all came off really well. We'll get into that in a moment. But the big thing coming into this was the follow-up to the Broken Hardys appearance at Mahan Mayhem. Now, they, they they were on the show. They went and kept the titles in a very good three-way match. But leading into the show, TNA went and sent uh, cease and desist letters to like 20-something uh, cable providers, NROH, not to use the Broken, uh, the broken Hardy gimmick. So on the show, they were just, they were the Hardys. There was no, there was no references from the broadcast team of calling them Broken or Brother Nero or anything. They still came out, at, you know, in the hair and the, in the outfits, but there was no, uh, there was no mention of the Broken Universe. So I'm wondering, what's your thoughts on TNA? Is this just uh, sour grapes? TNA should just move on or? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's sour grapes. It's absolute sour grapes. Um... Um, and it sounds like really Matt Hardy created this game with, you know, input from TNA. And Jeremy Boris, right? Yeah. You know, but so yeah, no, I, um, I think it's, I think it's sour grapes. I think let the, let them move on, let them be what they're going to be in another company. Um, you need to worry about your company being better. So I, I think it's petty, but companies have been known to do this in the past. Um, you know, Vince hasn't given Cody his last aim back. So, you know, I, I know that stuff like this happens in wrestling all the time. I think it's petty and I think it's stupid, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where we're going to see where they go. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on with the Hardys right now in regards to no one knows for sure how long of a contract they've actually signed with Ring of Honor. A lot of people are saying that this was a short-term deal to basically – so they can, I guess, almost like, you know, do some TV stuff for the uh, the uh, Supercard of Honor show on April 1st, the day before WrestleMania. 
and the Hardys are still WWE bound. So, I mean, we're going to see where that goes. And I'm really interested to see how this all works out. Because, like I said, TNA does have a, have a gripe, but I agree with you. I think that they should move on. They, sh- I mean, it stinks that, you know, they had the idea of what they were going to do for TV. And all of a sudden, you know, basically, you know, two days before the tapings, Drew Galloway leaves, Jade leaves, the Bennett's leave. You know, all these people are gone and they had to go rewrite some stuff. But you know what? These things happen. The Hardys are a brand right now. And it's going to be interesting to see what they do leading in. Like I said, we didn't see what they do with the spoilers for TV for ROH. But it's interesting what they do and how this all plays out. Come Supercard of Honor. No, I agree. I agree. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. And, um, and just quickly, because this goes into another subject, but the Christopher Daniels... Adam Cole match with Jay and Fortune hasn't had a chance to see it, but I thought it was a really well done match. I thought that it was a. I thought that it was very interesting on TV from what I was able to see on how they were doing with Frankie Kazarian turning and it not actually being a real turn. I thought that was something interesting and good, and I think it was a way that you still keep Adam Cole strong on where, where this goes in the tapings and everything else going forward. Because as people have listened to the show in the past know, April 29th, April 30th, around that point, Adam Cole's contract with Ring of Honor is done. Are we sure that that's the date? Or, or, or we kind of are speculating a little bit? It's the very okay. end of April. maybe End the, of April. Okay. End of April, you know, first week of May. He's one of those, uh, I mean, Bobby Fish signed a short-term extension with uh, with Ring of Honor, his contract is also either has expired or is about to expire, leading to one of the reasons why he uh, he lost to Jay Lethal at the pay per view. Uh, you know, Leo Rush is is now gone. He might come back, but he's doing other things. So there's still an evolving, you know, keep on changing going on with Ring of Honor and who's coming in, who's coming out. So, but the Adam Cole thing I think is really interesting. What does Adam Cole do here? I mean, Adam Cole is starting to finally get a little bit over in New Japan. He's the biggest thing in Ring of Honor. Is it time? He's only, what, 27 years old? Yeah. Is it time to go to NXT or to keep the quote unquote band together for another year or so with the Young Bucks, with Kenny Omega still being in New Japan for another year? What, what do you think? What do you think he's going to do? What do you think he should do right now? He, I mean, he doesn't have, I would say, to, first of all, if he does decide to stay with Ring of Honor, I'd, so, I'd sign no more than a one-year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, him taking that kind of Seth Rollins approach is a good idea. Rollins came to WWE, I think he was around Adam Cole's age now, and now he's, you know, and Ambrose, I think, is around his age, you know, and now they're in their early 30s, and they're, you know, the, you know a couple of the biggest stars in the company. So, um but he also, if he stays another year in Ring of Honor, wrestles in New Japan a bit more, establishes himself as kind of the leader of the Bullet Club in Ring of Honor, you know, it, it'll really um, help him in terms of when he comes into NXT. Like, he'll be, I mean, he'll come into NXT before and basically be the champion. I mean, he'll, I mean, he'll have kind of a, I think a, I think they will kind of, Give him a Kevin Owens Nakamura like impact. I think they'll put him very high up in the chain for the championship very early on um, when he gets there, which he deserves. So I mean, he really can go either way. I wouldn't. I would not. No matter what he does, I would not sign more than a one year contract with with um, Ring of Honor. Um, you tell Ring of Honor I'm staying for one year, and then I'm going to go. I'm going to tear it up while I'm here. Um, you know, I'll help put some guys over. Same thing with you know, New Japan, and then move on from there. But him going to the WWE now isn't a bad move either because of his age. He's still pretty healthy. You know, those Ring of Honor matches, those New Japan matches, they put, you know, quite a beating on your body. So, you know, we've seen this with some of these guys coming over from other com- other companies. You know, Finn Balor's had some injury issues. Atami's had, you know, Atami's had many injury issues. So, you know, it may be better for him to go to the WWE now while he can. While he can. Uh, I, you know, I can see both points of view on that, and it's 
really interesting. I mean, I'm hoping that if he is done with uh, in, with the independence and is going to NXT in the in the very near future, I hope they're able to go and tie up some of the loose ends with you know with him and Kenny Omega because I think that could be a really good match before he leaves. And you know what? I think that the way that they took care of it on the pay per view, he still looked he, he still looked strong. And I still, I, st- I still think it's very interesting on the c- constant movement of the ROH title. Like, I don't, th- I, don't, I think you would agree with me. Christopher Daniels is 45 years old. I don't think he is the quote-unquote future, you know, and I think they have to put that title, I think he might be more of a transitional champion. And, you know, if Adam Cole's not leaving, I know it's a 15th anniversary show and it's a nice story. But I don't think you take the title off of Kevin of uh, Adam Cole right after taking it off of uh, Kyle O'Reilly, you know, so quickly. You want some susp- uh, stability. You know, you had a time where, you know, um, Samoa Joe was your champion, you know, for like 23 straight months. You had some other long title runs. One of the things that uh, Ring of Honor has been known for is these long title runs. And now you've had basically, what, three champions in two and a half months? So, again, and a lot of that is the stability of the guy staying in. I mean, more than the title, for me, has been, you know, all these guys leaving. Leo Rush, you know, where is he going to go? Kyle O'Reilly, he's gone. Bobby Fish might be gone. Adam Cole might be gone. So I think more than just the title changing hands, the title has had to change hands out of necessity because the guys are leaving. That, to me, is more the interesting thing. Um, you know, you see on one hand, they give them, you know, some big money to guys to keep them around. Young Bucks, the Hardys, Holy Ray appears. Then on the other hand, they're losing guys who Leo Rush, they're really, really good young talent. ACH, they've lost. So it's, it's interesting, you know, where Ring of Honor is. You know, it sounds like it might be a bit of the haves and the have-nots, especially financially. Um, and, you know, and that can really kind of mess the lock of them up. I'm not saying that's what's happening, but it does sound like when they want to pay guys, they can pay them. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see where all these guys go and what the future is. I mean, like I said, I think they're just trying to get to the Supercard of Honor show in, you know, basically three weeks, figure out how much they can do in regards to the Hardys and the uh, Young Bucks with this feud, how much, what they do with Bully Ray, and and then they can move on from there and start, you know, some of their new stories and figure out, where they're going. And I think it's going to be interesting to watch their TV over the next couple of weeks to see where they're leaning, you know? Because, I mean, it's going to be interesting. You brought in Bully Ray. And, and, how, and how connected is the TV to the pay-per-views, too? I mean, they've had, you know, I've talked to you about this a million times, right? They do these tapings so far in advance. They've had two pay-per-views in a week, basically, right? So they've had two pay-per-views in a very short time span, and now they have another pay-per-view in three weeks. Is the TV going to match up with what they've done on pay-per-views, too? I, I don't know. Right. I mean, actually, it's uh, Mahan Mayhem was a house show, and the other one is uh, Supercard oh, of Honor. Right, I think it might Manhattan. be an eye pay-per-view, or it's... Uh, I don't know if Manhattan, Manhattan Mayhem was a... Was a, was a, was a um, it was just I a house show. No, it was just a house show. show? Yeah. They advertise it on TV like it was like a like a show to order. But all right, go ahead. Well, it might have been for their V. I think they put a lot of their shows on VOD for their for their website, and you might be able to order, you know, maybe a DVD for it. But that's from, right. from what I can tell. But um, yeah, like I said, it's gonna be interesting the next couple of months where they go and how all of this plays out. Now, uh, moving on to uh, what most of our fans, you know, care about the WWE experience. Um, we had the. Our last pay-per-view uh, before WrestleMania, we had Fastlane. We had the title change. I, if you follow us on uh, on Twitter, you know, both of us thought it was a pretty lackluster show, except for maybe one or two matches. The Cruiserweight title match, I think we both liked. But besides that, you know, it wasn't a spectacular show by any stretch. Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was a, uh, and Man- Manhattan Mayhem was a pay-per-view. Um, so... But it was like I think like a, a I pay per view. But anyway, um, yeah, I thought the I thought the the fast lane was terrible. I thought it was one of their worst shows. Um, uh, I think it was a worst show that either either brand has had since the brand split. Um, the cruiserweight match was great, but the rest of the matches, for the most part, the Truman Reigns match was okay. But 
just a very lackluster pay-per-view. That last match, we knew it was going to happen with Goldberg. Um, so, yeah, definitely a lackluster show for sure. I really, really was disappointed in it. You know, and then the story, you know, where they're going with these stories. You know, having Goldberg win the title, which, you know, I, I believe you predicted. Um, so now I guess it's for the Universal title now. And it's kind of where, they, where they've gone with some of their stories. I, I'm not really in love with the direction, especially on Raw. Um, you know, we'll get, I, I actually thought Raw was a really good show. And I think we, like we said, coming into that pay-per-view, it was one of, it was the classification of what everybody calls a B show. It was a show that they had to just get through to get to WrestleMania. And, you know, I think Raw and SmackDown this week, they may have not been the best wrestling shows, but I, but they were truly, they advanced stories. So now we know pretty much the whole entire card for WrestleMania. And I think that's what a good Raw and SmackDown leading into Mania should be doing. So, I mean, I didn't, I agree with you. Fastlane was a cluster F, to put it nicely. But I think we're getting into that right direction now, and I think we know where we're going for WrestleMania. Are you excited for what you've seen from the card for WrestleMania? We basically know what the card is, right? Yeah, for, for the most part. Are you, are you excited about this card? Uh, I guess my interest level right now for WrestleMania, after the first, with three weeks left, I would say it would be maybe a five. But you know what? I felt that way last year, and as it got closer, I started to feel more of the build. I mean, I thought I think we both agree last year's WrestleMania was a disappointment for the most part, besides the women's match. But I think that WrestleMania, we got three weeks. It's a slow build, and now we're getting towards the finish line. So I think things are going to start to heat up. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. I just, I'm not, you know, we got, I mean, we could go through the card. We don't have to go through the whole thing. But I, I don't know. Right now, my interest level isn't that high. I, I'd say I'm at a, a, you know, four or five for sure. And you know what? I think if we listened back a year ago to the show, I think we mostly at this point weren't super pumped for WrestleMania, and then as we got there, I think it was a little bit bigger. So, I mean, I think this is usually how things go, and I think we look at sometimes in a bubble, not realizing that every year, except for a couple, WrestleMania, it you know, it takes a little while to get to that fever pitch. And I agree with you, you know, with like 23 days or so until the until WrestleMania, I think we should be further along, but I think we see this every year. But before we move on with a couple of things... I want to get your opinion on those two big things that happened at Fastlane. One, do you think the title, how they did the title change with the distraction for, with Chris Jericho's music? So if you want to take that one first, and then we'll talk about uh, Bailey versus, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Bailey versus Charlotte with ending Charlotte's pay-per-view streak, and basically as if it really didn't matter. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I thought the Goldberg... Kevin Owens thing was fine. Um, I think him losing by the distraction was good. Um, I think it would have looked bad if he would have just destroyed Kevin Owens because, I mean, he did, but, you know, with the help of the distraction, quote-unquote. Because with Brock, Brock's going to get his revenge. And to have your, you know, after this, Goldberg's going to be gone, right? He's going to be gone. And Kevin Owens is going to be there. And... How is Kevin Owens ever going to look legit if he got destroyed by a guy who wrestled two matches for the length of two minutes combined? It just, I don't know. But I do think it doesn't make the company look good in general, that he's beating these guys in two minutes, um, and then he's going to be gone. So I, I, you know, I do think that that's an issue too, but how they did it, I thought was, was good. If they were going to make that title change, I guess that's a good way, you know, that's a good way to do it. Um, in terms of the Bailey Charlotte, I, you know, it was a good match. Um, I thought they'd make a bigger deal out of it. I'm not surprised they had Bailey to be the one who did it. Uh, I'm glad they didn't change the title. Uh, you know, they could have done something else, uh, interference or something like that. She didn't have to beat her clean. Um, I know some people had complaints also about the, the Sasha Nia match. I thought the match wasn't bad, and I'm glad Sasha won. They needed to keep her looking strong. Um, so yeah, no, I thought it was. I, I thought the they didn't make as big of a deal out of the Charlotte things they should have, and I also think they didn't need her to lose the streak either. But they really, you know, Vince loves Bailey, so I get, you know, I guess that's that's kind of where you know it's a big part of it. I mean, I think it's really weird. I mean, I think I said from the beginning uh, that I thought Bailey winning the title 
before WrestleMania, before that, and the big stage of WrestleMania was a mistake for the two facts. One, I think the idea of them snapping uh, Charlotte's undefeated streak on pay-per-view and title matches or singles matches at just a B show, I thought was was bad booking. And I think you, and I think one of the major problems I've had with this is the idea. I have no problem with Bailey being champion, but it's I don't think that Bailey should have won yet. You know, I mean, I think her story, and I think yeah, she yeah, she like like and they, I mean, they they they're not exactly doing what they what they did in NXT. Exactly, I know that they right. can't necessarily because you know NXT is an hour long show and they have Raw, which is three hours. I get that, but you're right. That redemption story for Bailey, though, she, she's trying to fight and she can't make it, and she's trying to do it and she can't do it, and then she finally makes it. I kind of we love, you know, kind of Daniel Bryan type of character. She's not this. She's not a. Her character's not supposed to be this, you know, running people over, winning the title really quickly, not caring how she wins. Like this isn't what her character is or what her character has been. Yeah, it's... and um. You know, I, I think they. I don't think they've done a good job with this. You know, I, I did enjoy the Sasha Charlotte feud. I think they did a good job with that. Um, I think that may have even come down more to Sasha and Charlotte's abilities than anything. But the writing for some of these 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 things, are, the women's side, you know, it's just been atrocious. I agree, and like I said, it's and I and I know we've brought up this name once or twice before. Ryan Ward. He was the guy who was. The main writer for uh, NXT, he went over to SmackDown, and I think it's just, it comes down to the idea that the people writing the characters don't really know the characters that they got, because, yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon has been to a couple of NXT shows, but from everything you hear, he's not watching the TV every week, so, I, so when these characters come to the main roster, he does, he, you know, it's, he, it's his yeah, toy chest. Yeah, when he gets them, they're brand, they're brand new for him. They are not, you know, he's not looking back at their characters and see what, you know, he will say, oh, what's his character? What's their deal? He'll watch a little bit of them, and then he makes his own judgments based off of that. And I get it. You know, and I have time to watch NXT, whatever the case is. But, and, you know, I think, and I, you know, it also comes down to what Vince likes. He likes Bailey a lot. So he's given her this push, you know. Um and as we've seen with Vince, he is much more of a, and it's, you know, it's worked out fine for him, obviously. WWE's been great. But he has, for the most part, been much more of a um, doing things fast person than a building storyline slowly. Um, he hasn't, you know, he does, sometimes they do it great. When they do it, they do it well, but they don't always do that. So, you know, we're seeing that now with the women's division. Agreed. Uh... Now, moving on to, I guess, a positive, because I don't know, because I think I'm going to be a lot more positive on where things are going than you for the for the moment. Maybe I'm wrong here. But over, well, now it's been a week, but in a basically in about a 48 to 72 hour time period, the Cruiserweight division actually feel like, you know, I, I care about it for the first time since the uh, the classic, you know? Because yeah, you, have, you have a legit guy in there. You have a legit guy to challenge Neville. I mean, the Gallagher match was really good. That was a that was a very good match by those two. But yeah, you have a legit guy. And Swan like, match was, you know, and the Swan okay. match on Raw was really good. And then yeah. Aries debuts. I mean, I think Aries is a better heel than a babyface. But I mean, I really do, and I think you're and you agree with me on this. I really think the idea of Neville versus Aries is one of those feuds that can maybe get the average person who. Or me, even me and you, who I think we've honestly said that we have not watched, you know, 205 Live, if at all, very much at this point since, you know, since the very beginning. And I think their feud with the two guys who can who can talk is really going to help this fledging, you know, 205 Live. I agree. I, I will probably watch, you know, one or two of these 205 Lives heading into WrestleMania. I assume that, that it'll be a WrestleMania match. I could be wrong, but that that's what I'm assuming. Um, yeah, no, I, I you know, you could and, and you could see it with the crowd in Chicago, they loved it. I thought that segment was really good. You know, we already know how well Aries can talk and um, I think the fans look at him as a legitimate guy. So yeah, I and this is this is one of the things that two oh five live needed for sure. So yeah, it it'll definitely be a good match, it'll be a good feud. Um and yeah, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Uh, another thing that 
I thought was done well was how they kicked off the show this past Monday with Jericho and Kevin Owens. I think what we both have said multiple times we don't love the idea they took the title off of Kevin Owens. But I thought the promo that we had between Owens and Jericho I thought was really good. And I know that we both wanted this for the Universal title. But I think this could really help the uh, the U.S. title or possibly if Owens was maybe turning into the, you know, the Canadian title or something. But I think the two of them have such good chemistry. And I think Owens and especially Jericho are on such a different level on the mic than pretty much almost anyone else on Raw right now. Yeah, I, I think their feud has has a potential to be really, really good um, heading you know into Mania. Uh, for sure, you know, Jericho gets when he gets becomes a babyface. He, he's he's like almost like too much. Okay. Kind of, you know, but um, you know that being said, I, I think they have a chance to have a really really good feud. And um, I, this is the kind of Kevin Owens we want to see, right? I mean, we want to see the this real this real heel, the Ring of Honor heel. That's the Kevin Owens that I think we want to see. The NXT Kevin Owens. We haven't seen that really in the last year or so. And we haven't seen that with him as champion for sure. So, you know, I am, I'm glad we're getting that Kevin Owens. And I think he's, he's you know, going to bring that out here in this feud for sure. Yeah, and like I said, I, th- I think that it was done the right way. You know, I think that the build of Kevin Owens, not even mentioning Chris Jericho's name, leading into Fastlane. But, but now I do have one one thing. Sure. Yeah, what's up? And we tend to mention this at the time. What sense did it make for Owens to get rid of Goldberg, to get rid of Jericho before Goldberg? What I mean, right? Like, why beat him up? If Kevin Owens is such a smart guy, which we assume he is, which he plays up that he is, he he used Jericho, he knew how to use him, and he didn't need him anymore. But, like, he is going against Goldberg, who just beat a guy in, like, 30 seconds. So you would think, logically... I know wrestling's not all logic, but you would think he would have needed Jericho for that match. So why beat him up before that match? Why not beat him up after that match? Like, that part didn't make a ton of sense to me, to be honest with you. I could see that. I mean, I think you can say, I mean, I think his 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 answer for it, for the moment, I felt, you know, for at least for me, I felt it worked. He said, you know, the idea of him throwing him into that match against Goldberg felt, you know, he couldn't trust him. And, you know, just the pure idea of in that moment, he was like, I, I need to get rid of this guy. He's he's now a liability. I mean, kind of works for me at the moment. Of course, if you take off the, uh, you know, the clouded glasses for a moment, you say, why not wait the extra week? I, I agree with you totally. I mean, yeah. but I think that it did work in the idea that he went and said, you know what, this is the last straw. I love the idea. He said, you know, we never really were friends. And. I was friends with Sami Zayn, and I had no problem turning on Sami Zayn a yeah. thousand more times. And I, yeah. I really think that the facials and everything else that Jericho had has done since the Festival of Friendship, especially in that segment, really have made this feel like something, you know, more than just, oh, these two guys are facing each other. Who cares? It's just another, another match heading into Mania. I think that's really worked, and I agree with you. If you think about it logically, he should have waited, you know, two more weeks and then turned on him. But for me, at least, at least in the moment, I felt it worked. Yeah, and and I mean, it, you know, whatever. It's a minor thing, I guess. But um, no, I agree. I think the promos from both sides were great, and I, I think it's going to be, you know, they're going to have to carry a lot of these segments for Raw, Corey, because Undertaker. We'll see how much he's on there. Uh, Goldberg and Lesnar. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll be on there every week. I don't know. Um, but I think Owens and, and Jericho. They're going to have to really. Um, kind of dominate in terms of the segments, in terms of the talking segments. Yeah, you know, out of the two, three major matches on Raw, three of them are part-timers, so, and two of them are going against each other. So I, I do expect to see a lot more from Owens and Jericho, and I am curious to see where they go um, with Owens in terms of how he is, how his promos are structured. Does he come off as more of a badass heel like he did before Goldberg? Or does he come off as more of this kind of squirmy heel um, like he did when he was with Jericho? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the things that is going to be really interesting is actually what happens in like two or three hours in my own backyard in uh, New York City that WWE is having a house show today. And the main event for the house show, of course, not airing anywhere, but the house show is Kevin Owens versus Brock Lesnar today. And I think it's going to be really interesting to see 
what type of chemistry they have and how that might how that could build going forward to see, you know, if they work well together, if this is just going to be, you know, one of these big show Brock Lesnar matches where it's it's over in a couple of minutes because, you know, Kevin Owens has his title rematch, which he even said, you know, coming out of Fastlane. And we all think Brock's going to be the champion coming out of Fastlane. I think that's going to be interesting. And I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with these guys coming out of Mania. Do we have Jericho still after Mania for a while, or is he going to go on tour again with Fozzie or other things? Because, you know, it is leading into the summertime. That's when a lot of these rock festivals are. Does Kevin Owens, you know, go and bring more prestige like um, John Cena did last year with, you know, the, I don't think a heel will do a ch- the challenge type of thing that John Cena did with the U.S. title. I think it's going to be interesting to see where some of these pieces on the chessboard go post-Mania. Yeah, I agree. I'm almost more excited for what's going to happen after Mania than Mania itself. Yeah, I mean, I, I can I can totally see that. Uh, now, the other other thing which I really thought was interesting, since, and maybe you don't think this is a big thing, but just get your point of view on this, but for the first time since Goldberg has come back, he, took, he basically took a bump. He's, until this past Monday, when he got the F5, he looked like, all right, this guy's just going to be there, and he's not going to take anything. We're just, you know, we're going to have to hope to see if he decides to take a bump at Mania. But I think it was a really good sign that he, we actually saw Goldberg not look like a god, you know, the wrestling god that he's he's been portrayed in the last, you know, three or four months. And I really liked the idea of that. I really enjoyed that segment with the handshake and telling him, you know, he's earned his he's earned his respect. He does the same thing as Brock does. That segment ending with the F five, just not another. Yeah. Lesnar looking like a punk. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I thought it was a good segment. Um, it was good to see Goldberg get F5, you're right, um, make him look a little vulnerable, um, you know, and making the hero look vulnerable for the first time, which is like the opposite of what they do in... Everything movies, else. Right? <laughs> like, the hero is not just murdering everyone. So um, they did make him look vulnerable, which I think is, is better for the story. And... Um, yeah, we'll see if they continue in that vein. If they continue with the physical, you know, uh, the the physicality. You know, Jim Ross noted that he thought that it was good for the future for these guys to have some physicality, and I agree with him. You know, we already seen these guys wrestle two matches. We already know the physicality's there. Um, so yeah, it, I, I think it's a good idea to see a little bit more of that heading into WrestleMania. And you know, what? it's Brock apparently will be on all three episodes of Raw. Leading into Mania, okay. And from what right. we have, from what has been said, Goldberg will be on the last on the last Raw. So the next two weeks, unless it's not going to be on the show for the next two weeks. All right, that's pretty good. Well, I mean, you you had that when when you know Lesnar was champion for a while, where yeah, he know. showed up when he wanted to. I know, but Jesus, you know, I'm not I disagreeing know. with you. Hey, and, and you know, if Goldberg and if Goldberg lo- when we all expect when Goldberg loses to Lesnar, unless Lesnar is going to be you know a one month title reign. And it's losing it right to, you know, Finn Balor, or Braun Strowman, or, you know, Roman Reigns, whoever he loses to. We're going to most likely have a guy who's going to win the title and then be gone for a little while. Or, you know, only showing up on one row a month. So, I mean, get ready yeah. for what we had, you know, basically a year and a half ago again. Yeah, you're right. I, that is, that, that's what's going to happen for sure. Um, you know, I mean, I, again, we don't know this. We don't know the contract, you know. The fact that Lesnar, I think, is retired from the UFC now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do, do we see him with the title? Does he come on Raw more now? I mean, who knows? Like, you know, I, we're all speculating. I guess we'll find out, you know, when we do. But I, I definitely expect Lesnar to win the title. And the, the other big thing from Raw with in regards to leading into Mania, from what we can figure out here, we have a th- we're going to have a three-way match, again, for the second straight year. For the women's title on the Raw brand, I think it's going to take a lot to go and match up to what the uh, three-fourths of the uh, the four horsewomen did last year at Mania. By far the best match we saw at that Mania with uh, Becky Lynch, Sasha Banks, and at that time, Charlotte, now Charlotte Flair. What's your thoughts, I guess, on the way that they built to that and the idea that for so long it looked like they were building Nia Jax to... Uh, be a major player going into Mania, and unless something changes in the next three weeks, she's basically out of the storyline for Mania. Yeah, I'm surprised about that. I thought she would have a bigger role in this. Um, and maybe she'll sneak in there still. Um, they, they decided this through, I think, very, very quickly. 
Um, all right, you wrestle, and then if you wrestle, you're in the three-way, and then that's it. So they decided it very quickly. Um, again, that shows you that kind of time frame they have with the the last, that B pay-per-view they just had. They just don't have that much time before Mania to set these matches up, which, you know, is a little disappointing in my view. Yeah, I expect Nia to have more of a role. I, I think maybe she still sneaks in there. Maybe Steph, you know, like puts her in there now. Um, I'm not sure, but... Um, I, I would not be surprised if they don't sneak, figure out a way to sneak her in this match. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think it'll be a better match with just the three of them. I agree I, with you 100% on that. Because, I mean, we'll get into SmackDown in a few moments, but I'll just say this right off the head. As much as I love Alexa Bliss, and I know you're not a biggest fan of her in the ring, is I have become. But the idea of, you know, this could be like a nine-person Divas match, um, sorry, oh. women's match on SmackDown scares oh. the hell out of me. Too many people, but we'll get into that in a few moments. But it's just, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how this all works out with these women. Because that's been a big story over the last, you know, year or two with this, you know, quote-unquote women's revolution and everything. There's been ups and downs. I think the three of them could put together a really solid match. But I want to see what these women do on this big stage again, you know, because... Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a good match. I don't even have to... I'm not even worried about that. I, I mean, I think it's going to be a good match. The only thing I would be curious of if, if Nia's in there, how that would work. I think that would kind of change things up. I mean, these women have wrestled each other for a long time. They all have really good chemistry together. Um, so throwing Nia in there might, you know, kind of change things a bit. So I am curious about that. But, no, I as far as... I expect that to be one of the best matches of the night. Um, you know, if it's just three of them, for sure. Agreed. Uh, so, like I said, so on the Raw side, oh, and the one other match we didn't bring up, I guess we'll bring it very quickly. Undertaker versus Roman Reigns. Looks like this is where we're going. But I, I don't care about that point of it. But the, the way that they treated Strowman, unless they somehow turned this to a three-way, which I don't see, what do you think of that with, is, do you think that was just, Building to a match down the line between Strowman and Undertaker, maybe at a SummerSlam, or it was just, I mean, I don't know, the way that they handled Strowman after that pay per view, I thought he was going to have a much bigger thing, and it doesn't look like, it looks like he's just going to be a Battle Royal guy. Yeah, I, I, I thought the whole thing was strange. Undertaker comes out and he just leaves, and then Reigns comes out and then he's going to wrestle him. I thought the whole thing was really weird. Um, uh, you know, I, gosh, I, I don't know what they do with Strowman now. I mean, he was one of the rumored guys to go against him. Maybe it ends up being a triple threat. I mean, who the hell knows? Um, that would not surprise me either, to be honest with you. I think it'd be kind of an interesting way to go, an interesting way to also protect The Undertaker, because we don't know if he can wrestle a 10-minute, 15-minute match, you know, on his, on, anymore. So, you know, that that is still a way they, they can go, possibly. Um, you're not incorrect about strong, you know, strong man. Maybe you know facing him at SummerSlam or something like that. But um, other than putting him in this match in a triple threat match, I don't, I don't really know what you do with him. You know, can't have him go against Sami Zayn. And, you know, they've done the Reigns thing already. So the Andre Giant Memorial Battle Royal, but that really just seems like a step down from him. I, I totally. And, agree. And, but if he's in it, he's definitely gonna win. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see where they go with all this stuff. So moving on quickly, let's do a little uh, talk about some of the matches that we now know are happening on SmackDown. We've, we officially have a world title match. You liked that segment last week more than I did. Uh, I thought the match between AJ and Randy Orton was really good. I think that we've gone to the place that they want to go. Unfortunately, we're going to have, it looks like, AJ versus Shane. There's no turning back from that at this point. Ugh. But uh, what what do you think of how they built built this uh, Shane versus AJ at least the first step with that uh, WWE exclusive backstage segment with you know him losing his mind for thirty yeah, seconds? Yeah, I like it. That, that part I really like. I like when they do stuff like that. Um, we kind of get an insider's look at you know he comes backstage and the guys are all in the gorilla position and then he starts getting fired up. So I like I like that part. I thought that was good. I just don't want to see Shane in a match. You know what I mean? Like, oh, gosh. But, you know, it, it, I, I thought the way they built it, I thought for the first time. was. And it was interesting because we we'll, – we'll get into this in a minute. The big thing coming out of Talking Smack this week. But it, this was actually what basically happened like two years ago which with Daniel Bryan and um, Triple H 
when Daniel Bryan had that stinger and Triple H went and told him to call off the match against Randy Orton, he came into the back and they had this big blow up. You know, so this this is something that does happen in real life. So it was an interesting look to something we don't usually see backstage in Gorilla. So I did enjoy that. Um, I don't know. I mean, Bray versus Randy, I'm really not that pumped for. But, I mean, is there anything really on SmackDown that we're really looking forward to? I mean, Well, what, well, what do you think about this women's match? Let, let, let's, let's get to that. I mean, I don't know what – is this going to be a gauntlet match? Is this going to be – 18 women in the ring match. What the hell do you think this match is going to be? What do you think they do here? I think it most likely will be uh, some sort of tornado type match where they're all they're all doing it. I mean, I think the big thing is oh, the God. way what they got nine women in the ring. Like, how, how does that work? Oh my God! I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, I think it's going to be. I I really think the big thing coming out of this is they're leaving themselves open that. If Naomi is 100%, that she can come in and then you might have that actual WrestleMania moment of her winning the title in front of her home and her fans. And the idea of, and another thing that happened on this card today in Madison Square Garden is that for the first time we're going to have Asuka in a match on the, uh, it was a fill-in, I guess, for somebody who got, I guess, for Naomi. But she's going to be part of, you know, a six-woman tag match with the other women of SmackDown. Do we have Asuka maybe lose the title at Ember Moon at, uh, at NXT, uh, wherever they are, at NXT New or- uh, Orlando. Orlando, and then the next night she comes out at WrestleMania and goes and wins the women's title. I think that'd be awesome. I think it'd be awesome. I think it'd be great. I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm I putting think, the... I think, uh, a, I think it's a great idea because we talk about being on top and how, you know, you kind of talked about Becky Lynch, she's better from underneath as kind of like that fighting person who's trying to be champion and can't be. I think Asuka's good on top. I think Asuka's really good on top, and she's shown that in NXT. And I think her being placed at NXT will, would, or placed on SmackDown would be better than Raw, because mm-hmm. I think she'll really be stand out as the dominant force on SmackDown, which I think she needs to be. I don't think she can be just another woman on the show. I kind of feel like she needs to be the woman on the show. I I agree with you. I, I think that, like I said, this is nothing I've heard. There's no rumor pages here, so more than likely it won't happen. But I, I think they left the door open with saying, you know, pretty much anyone could be on, you know, could be in this match. So I think, like I said, it opens the idea for Naomi to come back or for Oscar. I think those are the two uh, two things I would look forward to most. Uh, Dean Ambrose and Corbin took the next step of, you know, let's let's hit, let's you know, run somebody over now. Um, I'm hoping that Corbin wins this feud because I think it's a nice next step for him. And Dean is big enough that it's. He can take he can take another loss, but you know I think we've got basically our WrestleMania card right now, and it's yeah. it looks like it's gonna be a lot of it's gonna be a lot of matches. Well, I mean it's always a lot of matches, right? I mean that's 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 what WrestleMania is. So yeah, it's shaping up to be a decent card for sure. Um, some of the matches I'm looking forward to, some not as much, but you know we'll talk about that more as these weeks go on. Yeah. Um, actually, you know what? I almost forgot about the big thing I was just about to talk about. Uh, talking smack. Thank you. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Daniel Bryan threw in a little line out of nowhere uh, when The Miz was trying to goad him again. Said, uh, year and a half, we might basically said we might see him wrestle again. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> that's pretty unbelievable. Um, you know, uh, Miz always makes him look like shit whenever he ha- whenever he's on talking to uh, he really does but yeah I mean do we think that this is a real possibility do we think that it's possible this guy comes back with as many concussions as he's had and, and all this other stuff or does he protect himself and his family and this baby that he's gonna have and he says you know what I'm good what, what, what do you think happens uh, well Dave Meltzer the Wrestling Observer who you know one of the most reliable guys out there besides our own buddy Jason Powell, uh, has has reported that, you know, CMLL out of uh, Mexico uh, has supposedly had some interest on the idea of bringing him in. New Japan Pro Wrestling apparently has, you know, had some interest. And you know what? As a selfish wrestling fan, you'd love to see what he can do still. But as a, you know, as a human being, I, I know he's not happy just being, you know, the GM or the commissioner or whatever his role is on SmackDown. But you know what? Health-wise, I don't want to see him do it again. But you know what? As a wrestling fan, I'm like, this is awesome. Him versus Shibata, but I'm torn. 
What about you? I'm I'm torn too. You know, when we were kids and younger, we don't, you know, you know, before you know about the concussions and the long-term effects, you're just like, you know, like if it was a knee injury or a leg injury, yeah, I'd say you should do it. You know, for sure. If it's anything but his head, you know, listen, yeah, not for nothing. If you broke his leg again, like, who cares? You rehab it, fix it up. Your head, you can't rehab that. <laughs> like, once that goes, that goes, you know? Um, so, I, I, I mean, him going against Shibata would be just outrageous. But you can't protect some guy's head. You can't. And that style would just be just be insane. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I do think he's at least thinking about it. Whether he does it or not, I don't know. But he's at least thinking strongly about it. That we can say for sure. Um, I just, I, I'd love to see him wrestle maybe one more match, um, which I think he could still do. But as far as being some type of part-time wrestler where he wrestles a couple times a month, I, I think it's a bad idea. I, I totally agree. Um, and talking about talking smack, uh, what do you think of this continuing uh, storyline progression with Cena and The Miz? And, and more of how The Miz has, at least on Talking Smack, has become one of the better promo guys in the industry over the last you know, year and a half. Yeah, no, I mean, he's, yeah, I, I, I thought he did a good job of furthering the feud. I think he did a good job of pointing out things about Cena, for sure. Uh, Maurice is pointless, to be honest with you, on there, but... Um, I think the Miz did a really good job. Yeah, I, I you know, and his chemistry with Daniel Bryan, I think, is really good too. Um, you know, I, I still keep thinking they're building a Daniel Bryan Miz match, which I know they're not because Daniel Bryan can't work for the WWE in a wrestling capacity. But Manny, this the chemistry they have together, I think, is really very much more natural than the Cena thing. Um, but you know, that is what it is. Uh, yeah, I think The Miz has been great. I think he's great on t- Talking Smack. I, I think Talking Smack will be a, a really good vehicle over the next three weeks for um, getting these people over for, for uh, WrestleMania. And congratulations, to Apollo Crews, for telling everybody that he's in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal. I mean, I, I mean oh my gosh, I am, I'm quoting my fiance. Boy, I, maybe I have too many concussions like Daniel Bryan, but um, in terms of Crews, that is the one segment I started fast-forwarding. I don't think I've ever fast-forwarded through Talking Smack. Maybe the beginning, but when they have the wrestlers on, I always say, hey, let's see what these wrestlers are. He doesn't have it, Corey. He doesn't have it. Personality-wise, he is just as bland as can be. And I think he's just, that's who he is. I think he's just a nice guy who's bland. He needs a manager. And, that's what we need in 2017. we got to bring yeah, back managers. Yeah. Or of LA. I mean, he really needs a manager. He really needs a manager. Um, he just, he, he can't do it. He can't talk well enough. His personality is bland. I just, I don't think he has it. I, I don't know if he's ever going to get it. And I, I wish I could say I disagree. I mean, over the next couple of weeks, as we lead towards Mania, we'll try to get into, you know, a, a year later, some of the guys who came up. But I think he most likely is the biggest disappointment of the guys who came up. But we'll think about that over the next couple of weeks. But, Jay, I think we talked a lot of good stuff this week. I think it's time for you to let people know how they can follow me and the show on Twitter and, you know, everywhere else. Sure. We are um, on Twitter at WorkShoePod um, and Corey.Palladin808. You can check out our website, www.blocktalkradio.com backslash WorkShoePodcast. Check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, Stitcher, we are the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. iTunes, we are Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. And uh, check us out on Facebook. We just type in the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We're on Facebook. We have a group and we have a fan page. So check us out. Thanks. Very cool. And uh, just to close out the show, like we've been doing for the last couple of weeks, uh, WWE put in there, I believe, their sixth member of the Hall of Fame this week. A guy who me and Jason growing up both loved, and yeah. and I'm so happy that you guys did not have to see what I just saw. Uh, I mean, he he's the big reason why I like heels because when I was a kid and I watched him, I thought he was freaking hilarious. I'm like, how are people booing him? This is like the funniest guy in WWE. Like he he's the he's the best. He was the best. Now I'm gonna say this, Court. I do think his video package could have been better. I agree. They, you know, they did the ravishing rude. They did the rope. They did, you know, taking the rope off. But they didn't really highlight his 
in-ring accomplishments, at how good he was in the ring. I don't think they, I, I feel like they didn't really talk about that. They talked more about his character, I felt like. I, I agree. I, I think you got a good point there. I mean, I think that the Teddy Long one was a little too much. I think they could have cut some of that off. I think they could have added to this. I mean, I think it's an interesting class that we have now. I think we most of all have maybe a celebrity coming in and maybe one other person, not sure who yet, but in our closing moments this week, uh, so what was, what are your memories of Rick Rude? I mean, I know you said he was one of the heels that got you into liking wrestling, but growing up as a kid, WWF at the time, he was one of those guys who was knew exactly what he was. He was a right below the main heel on the company, but he was a guy who was portrayed to be at any point he could challenge, you know, the Hulk Hogan's or the Savages or the Warriors for the title. I, I think one of the, the one of, and I think the thing is though, Corey is, I think he could have been a main heel. I think he could have been the biggest heel. He was great in the ring. Any of his in ring matches were really, really good. Whenever he was in the ring, um, you know, he wasn't just some big Jack steroid guy. He was very good in the ring, and he was great on the mic. Well, he, um, was, he might have, he wasn't he was a Jack steroid guy, but he wasn't. But he, he could was actually a go. Jack steroid guy, but he, <laughs> yeah. he had good agility. He moved around well. He was a good athlete, and. Um, yeah, no, I, I think, you know, one of the things is about his career, and I, and I feel like I've, you know, we've kind of heard this in interviews with him, you know, I mean, before his passing, is I think he wanted to be the top guy. I think he wanted to be the WWE champion. And, um, you know, he had some contract disputes with Vince, and that's one of the reasons why he went to WCW. Um, but I, I feel like his career was never... Never where it, it could have gone. Never where I think it should have gone, um, because of whether it was contract squabbles, whether it was because of the you know the drugs, you know what. No matter what the, the situation was, his career never reached the heights that I think potentially it could have. You know, kind of like Macho Man, he never got to that that level. And I think Rick Rude was unbelievable and probably one of the more most underrated talents in wrestling history. Yeah, I, I agree and. Uh... One of the things that people forget is in you know 1997, long after his wrestling career, unfortunately due to back injury, was over. He was one of you know the founding members of DX. He you know he was a guy who, even though he wasn't in the ring anymore, he had an influence on every company he was in. He was in WCW. He was in ECW as a f- part of helping getting Shane you know Shane Douglas over. You know he was a guy who. He could no longer take bumps or do anything, but he still had a place in the industry. Yeah, and, you know, he, had a great, he had a great mind for wrestling. Yeah, he really did. And it's a, it's a shame he left us too early. Yeah, I mean, he, he probably would. He, I think he'd still be in the WWE now, and you know, doing something with creative, having an influence on the product. Yeah, I mean, imagine him and imagine him in NXT helping those guys with their promos. Oh, it would be. It would be something special. I mean, I agree. And like I said, he, and he, you know, he passed away unfortunately in 1999. So it's been almost 20 years since his passing. But he's one of those guys. Whenever you think of that classic era, he's one of the first guys you do think of. And I think he thinks he'd be really interesting. I know Rick, uh, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat is going to be doing the uh, the presenting for him. I'm sure his family will, you know, be there and everything else. But I think that's going to be one of those speeches that I'm going to be really interested in hearing. At the the Hall of Fame, of course, you know we all wish he would be there to do it himself, but I think that's one of those guys that's going to really make this class feel special. Yeah, it's a, it's a good Hall of Fame class. And like um, I said, some, we we mostly have one more left. Yeah. Yeah, so this is a pretty good Hall of Fame class. I'll definitely be watching the night before um, uh, WrestleMania and NXT, right? Uh, but NXT, I th- yeah. Wait, wait, is NXT NXT's Friday and um, opposite uh, Hall of Fame is Saturday, right? No, it's the uh, the opposite way around this year. Oh, was it? Was it last year? It was different, wasn't it? Yeah, it's. Uh, I think they they felt that it was a better way to, so they could act because I think I don't know if it will be this year, but all you know this the uh, it's in the same place. I think all three nights or at least two of them. So I think it was mostly easier to go and have the pres- have the uh, everyone there early, and then you can set up things for the rest of the weekend, I guess, especially maybe helping these guys with appearances. They go to WrestleCon or different events. Okay. All right, very cool. Yeah, so like I said, we've covered a lot of good stuff this week. I would just say again, you know, everyone, if you get a chance, check out the Ring of Honor show uh, this past Friday. And congratulations to Christopher Daniels, too. He's been there a long time. 
He's been a great wrestler for a long time. It was good to see him get his first Ring of Honor title. Yeah, and I, I hope this isn't a transition thing, but it very well might be. Uh, I will uh, talk to you guys uh, next week with Jason. So for uh, Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond saying thank you as always for the support. And on iTunes, be sure to give us a five-star review. So with that said, Jason, I believe the floor is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.